You're listening to the She's on Her Toes podcast, episode 29. She's on Her Toes podcast is about getting ahead in the business of fitness. We'll take a real-life look at what it takes to own and operate a boutique fitness studio, sharing what it's really like to run a business. You know, all the stuff they don't teach you in business school. All right. Well, welcome to the She's on Her Toes podcast. Carolyn Hearn here, and I am with my two managers, Emily Gustafson and Christina Shafka. And today we are going to be talking about fitness snacking strategies. And for those of you that aren't quite sure what that is, no, we are not going to be talking about snacks, but rather a phenomenon that is happening in the business of fitness. And that would be uh, various people who, you know, are not necessarily into committing to one workout, but like to, I don't know, like test their options and snack around, if you will, like mm-hmm. little bites here and there of all different kinds of workouts and different kinds of fitness concepts. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, but before we get going, I just want to thank everyone for listening. And um, as always, it's like every week, I feel like I say this every week, and it's true though, it's like we're getting all these new listeners, which is awesome, um, back to uh, starting listening at uh, podcast episode one, and now we're up to, this is 29, so you've got a whole bunch to check out and kind of binge on, if you will. So yeah, thank you so much for all of your encouragement, and if you haven't done so yet and you've been listening to the podcast, go ahead and leave a review. We really appreciate that, and I can't tell you how many times I've heard from people um, emailing me or sending me a message on Instagram and they're like, I'm not even really sure how I found this podcast, but it's really been helping me and I've been listening every week. And so I just want to thank you. And that means a lot. And I think it really, that is kind of determinant on those reviews. Cause when you're an active podcast listener, uh, you know, you'll get uh, different suggestions uh, from the algorithm. So go ahead, leave those reviews. They really do matter. And we appreciate your support. But I guess let's talk about today's topic. You know, in the business of fitness, there is a segment of the population that loves to take classes across studios and across workouts. They love a little bit of everything. And in the industry, we say they snack. Some people will never want to commit to a full-blown membership to your studio. They'll always be sampling what's available to them and uh, they'll keep taking classes across the boutique fitness spectrum. You know what, and that's okay. Sometimes in business, you have to adapt to your environment as trends evolve and the needs of your clients change. So today, we'll be talking about these so-called snackers who are an important part of our studio's community and hopefully yours as well. But yeah, so let's get going here. Uh, And so again, I'm going to apologize to those who thought that this podcast was about awesome, tasty snacks. It is not. (laughs) We are going to be talking about the concept of fitness snacking or sampling workouts across multiple studios and multiple types of exercise. With all the choices out there, I mean, running, spinning, Pilates, yoga, bar, roguing, cycling, ah, like circuit training, (laughs) hula hooping, surfing, paddleboarding. I mean, the list goes on. It's almost shocking that we can even keep a group of clients that only works out at our studio. I mean, shout out to anyone who is only taking Pure Bar. We love you, and you're definitely doing good for your body, so good work to you. (laughs) But let's talk about the uh, evolution of snacking as boutique fitness options have increased. 
I think that's exactly the, the key term, point there is that as boutique fitness options have increased because whatever market you're in or whatever city you're in there was one and then there were two or three mm -hmm. and you loved it and you did it every day and you were obsessed with it mm -hmm. and you were super loyal to it and it was new it took you out of the big box gym where you were just like spinning mindlessly or like maybe taking a few classes but nothing really structured and you fell in love with something and now it doesn't matter really on it really doesn't matter how small of a city you're in you have various boutique fitness studios available to you or at the very least you have various yoga studios mm -hmm. more than one and multiple bar maybe multiple pilates and um that's just continuing to grow i know it has in mm -hmm. i've been in winston-salem for seven years and i've seen it grow um and definitely change so as they start to grow, people are naturally curious and people naturally like new. Oh, so yeah. they always want to do, oh my gosh, there's a brand new uh -huh. this yep. in town. I don't even like to row, but yeah. I'm going to go try it because yeah. it's new and everybody's talking about it and you know it's really cool inside and whatnot. So as, they, the, as more fitness studios open up, you see people maybe taking a class less frequently in your establishment and trying these other things. And maybe they find three things that they really like. So they don't want to buy an unlimited membership from any of the any of the three studios that they really like. They want to come once a week to each or twice a week to this one and once a week to this one. So at, you know, as this grows, I think we're just going to continue to see people's like behaviors change mm -hmm. and um, you'll probably always have a core group of people that really love what you do and want to be with you 100%, but you're also going to have people that, um, and it's just reality, they just want to come to you every now and then, mm -hmm. and they like what you're doing, but they like what somebody else is doing too, so you kind of have to be able to offer services to a full, a really large spectrum of people and their wants. Yeah, I definitely the part where Emily was saying the curiosity. I mean, in the beginning, everyone, like something new opens up, you're, they're going to go try it. And for the most part, it, what you have and what you offer at your place, they're going to come, they're going to stay with you, but that's why you have to have these mm -hmm. snack options, the class packs yeah. and whatnot. And I feel like just the way um, things have evolved with how everyone wants instant gratification and trying different things that... Um, I mean, obviously, you're working out, you're going to see changes in positive ways, but everyone wants to try all the different things and see which one works best for them. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. combining them as well. It's just crazy how many different workouts some people, and they love it. And mm -hmm. it's just got to find what works. Yeah. I think it's super interesting because I love, like, this idea of snacking, um, you know, has kind of come up within, like, the last, I guess like two-ish years just because yeah there's so many options yeah and of course you know when everyone was going to the Y or like a big box gym like you could try all those things and it was kind of all rolled into like your membership and so even if you didn't utilize that aspect of it and just still it was like an option yeah, yeah. still went and yeah. ran on the treadmill or like did your elliptical or you know whatever um you could try that kickboxing class or that like you know, I guess step aerobics or whatever. Um, I guess I'm dating myself. No, <laughs> body, totally body pump. Body pump. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, but I mean, I think like, 
you know, for as much as we talk about, you know, people want to try all these different things, like, I guess maybe I'm going to take, like, a little bit more cynical approach to this. I truly believe that if you are going to be working out, um, of course, like, you want to go to an establishment that, you know, you feel welcome at and you feel like you're part of the community, but you're really looking for convenience. And so if it's not, like, located in, you know, within 10 miles of your home, I really think that, you know, you're eventually going to go back to, like, what's the most convenient thing for you. I mean, yeah, occasionally, like, maybe if you have extra time on the weekends or, like, you know, a day off or, like, a vacation or something, you'll try other things. But I really think that if you're looking at somebody who's working out regularly and long-term, it's really going to be about the convenience. So I guess, you know, assuming that your fitness studio is within you know conveniently located within like the demographic that you're trying to serve and the people that you're trying to attract to your community I think that eventually like they'll come back it's almost kind of like that you only have one true love right like (laughs) always coming back to like that one like true love Mm -hmm. but yeah so I think that's super interesting I mean this idea of snacking Um, So about three to four years ago, it was literally all about class packages in our industry. And maybe even as much as like five and six years ago. And they were perfect for snackers. I mean, it was really like the ideal option. Um, And then things kind of evolved more towards offering memberships and exclusive auto pay packages, you know, where you have like kind of a set contract and you have an automatic payment each month. And those would reward the studio's most loyal clients with the best pricing. But now it seems like we are kind of in need of both choices. And like we've kind of talked about this a lot in the past couple months here at our locations, because it's almost like you're trying to cater now towards like two groups, like the people that, you know, are super loyal and only want to take class at your studio because they love it, they love the environment, they love the times, they love the workout. But then also you've got this other group that is, you know, kind of going all over the place and trying all kinds of different things. So I'd love to talk about how we're now offering some new package options to meet the needs of our clients, whether they snack or not. So, and it's, I guess I shouldn't say that they're new, it's just we're bringing them back. Like we had originally had a 20 class package and a five class package and we're bringing those back. So if you have been wanting a 20 class and a five class package and are in the Winston-Salem Clemens area, you can now take advantage of those choices. They are available for you right now. (laughs) Yeah. I think the hardest thing, the hardest thing about selling somebody a package or a membership is you have to have what they want. And if you don't, Mm -hmm. then if you're trying to sell an unlimited membership to a snacker who wants to come to your studio once a week, Mm -hmm. like good luck regardless of how amazing of a salesperson you are because they're just not going to see the value in it because it's not what they want. So if you, um, you know, you can use your clients, you can talk to them about about what they want and what they need and, oh man, it'd be really great if you offered this because like that'd be perfect for me. And just yeah. kind of see what, what kind of trends are coming up. We've been doing that a little bit and mm-hmm. just have noticed that not everybody wants to be on an unlimited membership, and that's okay, and we really love when our clients choose that, and that's the best route for them, but you're gonna miss a lot of people if that's the only thing you offer. So by offering five, 10, 20 classes, 
we allow for different price points. We allow, you know, whatever somebody wants to spend, they have available for the month or for the next couple months. And it allows people to find something that works a little bit better for them. So you're still rewarding somebody that wants to be on a membership. You're still giving them a fabulous deal. Um, they're utilizing your studio probably more than anybody else and they're getting to pay a really wonderful price because of that mm -hmm. But then you're allowing Anybody else that wants to just come in and be a part of your community a couple times a month or a couple times a week And you're allowing them to do that without forcing them into some kind of pack uh, Continual recurring payment that they just don't want to sign up for yeah. Yeah, I think it's like what you have to do with clients in a business even if you aren't a boutique fitness you have to work and evolve with your clients and as they change you need to change because if you don't yeah you're going to lose people and yeah. your business will suffer and it's been interesting to see like this whole process working here and everything mm -hmm. um and when you have like new things come into town and like how that's affected or like what your it's just interesting to see your what your clients do. Yeah. And I think working with them and realizing that's mm -hmm. that's just the best thing for you and them. Yeah. And um, I think some people are turned off when all if say you all you were to offer were memberships. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't wanna you know, that's not gonna work for me. So you just have to change with with the times. Definitely. No, I agree. And it's it's funny because, you know, when we first opened, we really didn't have a 12-month auto pay membership option. Like, that was something that we started offering, I think it was at least, like, one or two years into the business. And then we started offering that. And so everyone opted to do that, which was great, and made, um, like, predictable revenue. And it really helped me kind of develop, like, a good budget and that kind of thing. But, um, you know... It, because of that, then we kind of no people weren't really buying 20 classes anymore because they were all on an unlimited membership. So it was like, all right, well, nobody's buying this package anymore, so we'll remove it from the choices. Yeah. Because one of the other issues is, and maybe if you're a client, um, you'll find this, I guess, insightful or fascinating. I'm not sure, but um, or maybe you'll just agree to it because you've been there with you know, experiencing a sales um, conversation in our studio or really a sales conversation anywhere you're trying to buy something is that the more choices you have, sometimes the more confusing it can be to mm -hmm. a client. So yeah. like if you have, you know, like 19 different choices of a package that somebody could continue on and take class in your studio and your business, like their eyes are going to glaze over after like maybe the third choice. So, yeah. you know, it's trying your, and when you only have like a minute to have that conversation with somebody running in and out of class and, you know, trying to get on to their next thing in their day, you got to make it simple to understand. But, you know, so that's where we kind of like took our choices down to really just like four choices. And for a, a good mm -hmm. two or three years, they worked really well. Mm -hmm. But now, it's like we kind of have to add some of the choices back because our clients are wanting them. And I guess one of the nice things about, you know, having a small business and I guess not necessarily working in a corporate environment is that, yeah, we have the opportunity to act quickly and add those back. So um, that's where we are now. So, yeah, we do have a few more choices than we did in the past, but I think maybe um, in this particular environment, it won't necessarily be as confusing to people because 
that's the kind of what they've been wanting. Yeah. At least that's my hope. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I guess if it doesn't work, then we'll be switching back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I want to talk too about like what are the advantages of memberships versus packages? Because I do want to reiterate that even if you do take class across multiple locations, it might make sense to have a membership. I mean, you as an individual need to do the math and just evaluate, you know, if you're, you know, trying to get like a, the, if the, your goal as a consumer is to get the lowest like price per class, then you still probably want to do the math and run it in your head and on your calculator or on your phone or whatever. I guess nobody does, nobody does math anymore. But yeah, I mean, so if you think in your, if you think that buying a class package is your best choice, I mean, it does make sense to do a side-by-side -side comparison if that's, like, mm -hmm. if you're trying to get the most value as a client, then, um, so yeah, I guess let's talk about what's the advantage of, like, a membership versus a package. Yeah, um, I think it's nice to have the options like we were saying, and the membership, obviously, well, what we do is you have certain rewards and things, and you're involved in um, certain things we have just for that reoccurring uh, membership. I think it's important to figure out which is best for you within the different studios. If you are a snacker, it might be important or better for you financially to do a membership at maybe one and then do a class pack at another. If, say, you're yeah. doing something three times a week and then the other just every now and then, maybe on the weekend. Or some people, I know some people that have memberships at different fitness yeah. boutiques. And it, yeah. they go and they take class and they take advantage of mm -hmm. what they're paying um, because you are having... If you look at it, you're going enough, then you really should do a membership because normally it's a lot more bang for your buck for the class um, if you compare both. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think also um, one thing about packages and memberships is just giving yourself a chance to kind of see what you're doing. So mm -hmm. you find this new workout, you implement it in your old workout, give yourself a couple months, what do you, do you find yourself going to one studio more than the other? Are you just killing it and you need to have memberships at yeah. both? Cause you're otherwise you're going to be buying class packages over and over and over again. So just kind of seeing what your behaviors turn into and then taking advantage of the best price. So if you look at the price and just like you would do with any, any service that you are using um, and just take it down to cost per use. So you're looking at your membership and if it costs you $20 to buy a class, but you can use a membership and your cost of class is $10, like that obviously makes sense. Mm -hmm. So just kind of looking at it and we try really hard to help clients do that. Um, when we have w one minute to talk to them, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you know, we try to say like, okay, but wait, 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 we'll do the math right there for them. Like, but if you take eight, this makes yeah. sense. But if you take four, this makes sense. So always trying to like, on the business side, always mm -hmm. trying to see like what makes sense for them. They're going to trust you when you do yeah. that. You're not overselling yeah. them. You're not underselling them. You're really trying to give them what works. And you, you know, you're always offering them what is going to make the most sense. Yeah. Right. And I think like as the owner or I don't, if you want to call yourself the pricing specialist, whatever, mm -hmm. um, I think like it's important to maybe consider. So like the average person maybe takes what, like three cl classes a week. And then anyone who takes above that is really just like getting like a phenomenal value. But like you kind of want to price your unlimited packages for somebody who's taking three classes a week and then, you know, kind of backing into that. So uh, 
if you if your goal is to have you know a ten class uh, ten dollar per class utilization on an unlimited, then you can kind of price accordingly. And then of course, if anyone's taking four or five or six, seven classes a week, then they're just, um, they're definitely gonna be more in the minority, but they're just gonna be, you know, getting even more of an advantage in terms of like that price per class. But that's kind of how I looked at it when we were pricing for our memberships. But yeah, I mean, obviously the advantage of a membership, in my mind at least as the owner, is that, you know, you are, I guess as a client, committing to a location, to a studio, and, you know, pledging your loyalty by, you know, signing a contract and purchasing a membership. And so then that studio then in turn gives you, yeah, the best pricing and perhaps some perks, um, some kind of like discount for other purchases made, that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, as like a member, I think you get probably like some special privileges. You probably get the most communication and conversely, you're in the studio the most. So uh, definitely it's in, I guess, my interest as an owner to make sure that all of our members are like super satisfied, happy, and, you know, I guess a good representation of our community. We would um, definitely, as we're looking to like grow our memberships, always trying to find uh, individuals uh, that, yeah, like are just like really into what we're doing because we're going to be seeing you a lot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess it kind of goes both ways, right? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. Like, like you want like this awesome experience and then yeah, we're going to hang out with you a lot. So we want you to be awesome too. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> good times. All right. Well, um, I guess like flipping that question on its head as a business, I mean, how should you approach pricing? I guess like I'll kind of kick this one off and um, cause I think there is kind of an art and a science to pricing. And when you're the owner, it, can be, I don't know, a little daunting, especially if you have the, I guess, authority or uh, privilege or whatever you want to call it to set your own pricing. But I think like as a general rule of thumb, you always kind of want to start with your single class. So like how much is your single class going to be? And then then kind of adjust your pricing from there. So you want to make sure that your intro offer, which in our case is a $99 intro month, and then our single class is $25. So you want to make sure that the intro offer is a better value than if you purchase like three classes or like five classes, that kind of thing. So like if you're going to have, for instance, like our pricing, we've got a single class is $25. The intro offer is $99. So you could probably assume as a first time client that you would come at least once a week. So it definitely makes sense to buy the intro offer and then you know probably take like two three classes a week that would I, I imagine um, is the case well it's definitely the case in our studio that that's what happens I can't imagine that it's different everywhere else and then our five class offer is $115 so slightly more than the intro month so presumably if you were looking at our pricing and you were like well I just really want to take one class but, oh, I could get five classes for 115 which is slightly less than $25. Oh, but the intro month is 99 for a whole month, and I could come as many times as I want. So, like, that's kind of where you want to think about that. 
And then off of that, we have uh, the 10 class package. So again, if you're gonna buy 10 classes, you get slightly a lower cost uh, per class. So that's 10 classes is 199. And then uh, 20 classes is, um, is 379. So again, if you're gonna buy 20 classes, you get slightly uh, less cost per class than you would at 10. And at this point, you're really just trying to figure out if you're only going to be buying class packages, really just how much do you want to spend? Do I want to spend 199? Do I want to spend 115? Is my price point more $100 each time, $200, or you know, a little bit more than 350? Um, but again, yeah, you get the best value if you buy more. And then of course, you want to look at your memberships and we've got our platinum pure bar platinum is a 12-month contract and that's 139 each month and then uh you've got you know some other special kind of perks along with that package we do have an open bar option which is no contract it's just month to month and you can take class for 159. okay so when you start thinking about a membership you're thinking about coming you know at least like three times a week or more so that's like 12 times a month so at that point you as a customer, as a client, are kind of comparing the 10 and 20 class pack to the membership. So you want to think, I've got a 10 class pack with an expiration of four months. So, you know, that gives me several months to use those 10 classes. It's about, you know, what, like two a month, three a month. Um, in some cases, you have a little bit of flexibility there. And then our Pure Bar Platinum, which is our 12 month contract and does include some special perks, including a clothing discount and some other things um, for our most valued and loyal members who commit to 12 months with us. You're gonna pay 139 a month. So again, less than that 10 class rate, uh, but it's, you know, each month you're being charged on a card on file. And then we have an open bar, which is a month-to-month -month option, and then you would pay $159 a month. So again, because you're not signing a contract there, your price is a little bit higher. So at that point, if you're looking at coming to take class, like I said, three or more times a week, it really does make sense to purchase the uh, unlimited options and the memberships. However, there's always an exception to the rule. So I think, you know, at this point as a client, you really just want to look at, you know, what you're most comfortable paying and go from there. But at this point, but we do have, you know, all of these varying options for you at price points that, um, you know, I think fit every budget. But that's really how you want to approach it. So I think, I guess the the art is just kind of evaluating that first class. Like, so how many, how much is that first class gonna be? Like in our case, it's $25. I guess if anyone has any questions about that, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> definitely an art, definitely an art. You start thinking, you start changing prices. But yeah. You start thinking about how it affects other things. Yeah. Just yeah. important to kind of like look yeah. at it broad spectrum yeah. and make sure every, every pack makes sense mm -hmm. as a consumer would you walk in and be like okay that makes sense that makes mm -hmm. sense okay let me do this and just having like carolyn said all of the different um different price points available so yeah some people are like ready to buy 20 classes and mm -hmm. some people are a little hesitant so you don't want to lose them and say well come back when you're ready um, you give them a little bit lower mm -hmm. price option and keep them coming in your studio yeah and it's just going to continue to increase 
you know, the amount of times they want to be here. I mean, it's kind of like a step up. So I guess some people, yeah, are, you know, if we've kind of talked about this in the past, like with like, you know, warm leads and like cold leads and that kind of thing. So like if you have somebody who's super excited about your studio and about taking class at your studio, then yeah, they're all in and you can figure out what works best for them and you know, they'll buy it and be happy and that's awesome. But some people are a little bit more hesitant. So it's all about, you got to get them to like the next step. So like if they bought I don't know, a single class, then maybe they would feel comfortable buying five classes. Maybe they would just want to buy a single class again Mm -hmm. um, for a couple of times and then buy five classes. But it's all about, you know, kind of getting them in that upward trajectory so that they're eventually buying, you know, a 10-class package or a 20-class package or a membership. I mean, whatever at that point makes sense for them and their usage rate. Um, and as I guess the salesperson, that's your job is to really look at their account and figure out, you know, their utilization and how, uh, how that works. And sure. Yeah. If it seems like they're kind of reaching the threshold into the next step, then you want to encourage them to do that. Uh, but you know, this is definitely somebody that has, you know, a much longer trajectory in terms of getting to a membership, if they even get to the membership. Some people get to the membership right away, and that's uh-huh. awesome. Yeah. Um, and then again, of course, everyone has different seasons of life. Sometimes you get into a membership, and then something happens, you know, and you have different life circumstances, different job, different, you know, family obligations, that kind of thing, and you need to step it back into a class package. And then maybe you get back, you know, it's, I don't know, like yeah. navigate, it's not like a ladder. You right. don't go yeah. up. It's like the jungle gym. You're just yeah. like, yeah, like you know, going all over the place. But I, this is something I do want to think, I, I did want to take a little bit of time to talk about because I think as our society is kind of evolving in how we pay for things and various, you know, issues with, like, credit card fraud and that kind of thing. And just maybe, I guess, the even just having more control over, like, what gets charged to your card. I mean, I want to talk about this because I think that this may have a huge, maybe having a huge impact on this um, concept of snacking. But do you think keeping a credit card on file is changing the way people want to pay for fitness? I'll give you my opinion. I love the convenience of having my card on file. Yeah. I don't take my credit card into the grocery store anymore, and I go to Whole Foods because I don't have to do that. And I will go there and pay more for something that I could get somewhere else, but it's convenient. Like you said, it's convenient, and I do it, and I'm going to continue doing it because they make it easy for me to pay. However, I don't want them charging my card all the time without me Mm -hmm. authorizing it, right? So I think that having the ability to have people, you know, have a card on file or like have a payment system in place that's simple, mm-hmm. but people like control of it. They mm-hmm. don't want to go onto their credit card. I mean, is there anything worse than going on to your credit card statement and having a charge that you thought was canceled or that you didn't anticipate or whatever that might be? Um, and you like having control of that. So I think people do, and people, we encounter people all the time that are really nervous to put a card on file Mm -hmm. because they, oh, is it going to get stolen? Like my card's been stolen seven times in the last five months. So I think that's a really, I think that's a general, I think that there are different generations that feel differently about this. Um, but I think everybody on the whole really likes to have control of when, the money comes out of their account. So for somebody that's really, um, you know, 
really wants to be in control of this, they might not be comfortable allowing a payment even though it comes out the same time every month, it's like just not something that they're comfortable with and you have to allow them another way to pay for your service and be understanding of that. And just like the other things we've talked about today, like be ready for somebody to be an exception to what you mm -hmm. think is like yeah. the norm and being able to navigate a way to, you know, make sure everybody's preferences are met. Yeah, and I definitely think not even with their payments with classes and whatnot, you know, if someone's coming in last minute and they need a water or they mm -hmm. need something to wear for class, mm -hmm. it's very, I think a lot of people, for the most part, enjoy being, oh, put it on the card on file. It's mm -hmm. just, yeah, yeah but there, it's either you're one way or the other for the most part. Yeah. And the control of that and just what suits you, your preferences, mm -hmm. it's nice to have the option of both. Well, and it's a super trust issue, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you're, you know, taking class and uh, or putting your card on file at any business, really, mm -hmm. even if it's not fitness, um, I mean, you're trusting that that business is, you know, taking the necessary precautions to ensure that your card is encrypted. And I will let everybody know that I, one of the my least exciting things that I have to do <laughs> to keep this business going is to ensure that your credit card information is um, secured. And I have quarterly, uh, it's like a, like a review of our internet and our um, IP address and all these things. And I have to go through this quarterly for both studios and they are not at the same time. So it's like, I literally feel like I'm do like every couple of weeks, I'm like having to do this again. And it's like a, they have to do like a test and I have to schedule it and then like make sure that like it's like, you know, good and then have to attest to it and I have to do all these things. And then there's an annual one that is extremely comprehensive and it takes me an hour to complete the survey every single time and again I have to do that both times so um, I spend quite a bit of time I bet you didn't know that I do this it's good to know yeah I do this and it is like I said my least favorite one of my least favorite activities but it is important and so for those of you that think that you know your card is going to get stolen or that like, I'm not doing anything to secure your you know uh, financial security I like I am spending quite a bit of time doing that so keep that in mind and I guess you know let me know if you have questions about that but anyways um it's also good for me too because if I keep doing those things then um, I pay a lower credit card processing fee so there is an advantage on my end to do it yeah. but it also Still takes time, takes time yeah. and it's but it's important um, because, yeah, if people didn't feel that they could keep their card on file with us, then, I mean, that would, you know, yeah, potentially, I mean, like, we could potentially lose sales. Yeah, sure. Um, and there have been some really big, well-trusted companies yeah. that have unfortunately gone through that. And I, I think... I think maybe I'm on, like, the liberal side of this because I'm like, oh, well, if it's going to get stolen, it's going to get stolen. <laughs> and, I, I mean, I, like, people are probably cringing at that. But if you trust the business yeah. and you trust yeah. that, you know, I mean, that's all that's all you can do, right? You can't yeah. just yeah, – you, you, but, yeah. but, however, that being said, there are definitely people that, you know, that is a real concern. Mm -hmm. And you just have to be ready and prepared to, like, offer them something else mm -hmm. and um, understand where they're coming from and be able to accommodate their needs. Yeah. 
So well, I just I think that is an interesting issue. I mean, of course, there are other factors like in bigger cities. In Winston, we do not have class pass, so um, you know we don't really have that. You know, people signing up for class pass and then just taking class. You know, wherever they're available to do that. But um, in big cities, yeah, class pass has definitely made snacking maybe more the norm rather than the exception. Um, I mean, is there any other factor involved? I just think this credit card issue is maybe like the sleeper like <laughs> factor in terms of people, you know, wanting to, yeah. you know, not sign up for a reoccurring membership. And I, I've never heard anyone else talk about it. So hopefully this spurs some conversation amongst the fitness community. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, but of course, ClassPass is huge. Yeah. We don't have it, so yeah. we don't. We don't, yeah. I just think, you know, kind of to summarize what we talked about, I think, like, with the, with the growth in what's available, like, yeah. we, we will see behaviors change. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. we will see people, and, and with, you know, if people, if the generations that are coming out of school and getting jobs, if their income continues to grow and they have the ability to do that and they can take class at various, or they can spend their money freely mm-hmm. on, on fitness and things of that nature, then I think you're gonna see even more studios crop up or even more, not everybody's a studio. You'll see more (laughs) uh, fitness locations pop up. And there could be a time where we circle back, right? Because it's Mm -hmm. it's so often you see things go in waves. So we might see in three years, like people are like, I'm gonna do one workout. I'm gonna Mm -hmm. do one workout all the time, that's it. And then we might go through another wave. And I think companies like CrossPass and credit card fraud and things like that really do affect people on a larger scale and we'll just have to keep keep our eyes on what everybody's doing and see how people continue to grow and change yeah it's definitely will be interesting and I agree I bet like everything kind of circles back it really does yeah yeah maybe in three years we'll be uh eliminating that five and 20 class pack and going back to memberships (laughs) and that kind of thing or maybe it'll be something totally different yeah maybe you're right there'll be a whole new thing there's no telling yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i mean i guess the point is is that you have to offer packages that suit your clients and just as you offer a service and you know like a, a workout that suits your clients so um, you know, of course, if somebody wants a six and a half class package, that's probably not going to happen. But uh, you can be rest assured that we have a single class. We do have five classes, 10 classes, 20 classes, and our membership choices. So hopefully that really um, spans the spectrum of your fitness consumption needs. I mean, I guess it's kind of interesting to think about. Like, if you've got, uh, if you're working out actively, I mean, you've got 30 days. So you're essentially only have 30 times that you can work out each month, um, assuming that you're going every day. Of course, if you're going less, then it's less than that. Maybe it's only 21 times or less than that. So, I mean, you got to think about how you're going to best allocate your time across whatever workouts that you're doing and, you know, the best value and the best experience. If, you know, those are obviously at different ends of the uh, spectrum, usually. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I mean, as a consumer, that's what you've got to look at. And then I would definitely say, you know, you do the math yourself as a consumer I mean that's what I'm doing when I'm shopping and I'm you know Mm -hmm. spending money I'm trying to figure out the best value and you know obviously convenience and all these other things factor into it so 
you know, if I'm if my goal is to get like the best class rate per time that I'm attending a workout, then perhaps the membership option is better for me, even if I am participating across multiple studios and doing multiple workouts. I mean, everyone, it's an individual thing. So I would encourage everyone to, you know, be an educated consumer and figure out what works best for them. I guess the ultimate goal here is just to make sure that your clients are educated. Everyone needs to make an educated decision about their fitness purchases and figure out whether it's a class pack or a membership, what works best for you and your individual finances and your individual situation. So if any of our clients have any questions about our packages or maybe need to switch packages, please let us know. We're happy to help with that. And of course, recognize that everyone has different seasons of life and different things that they need to accomplish. <laughs> All right, well, we will see you next week. Until then, have a great week. We'll catch you later. to be
it's okay to be exactly as you are. You're 